Choosing an energy company raises many questions. Who can make my electricity and natural gas work smarter? Where can I find a company that's easy to do business with, who knows the market best and has options to fit my needs? For millions of homes and businesses, there is one answer, Constellation. Decades of market intelligence and proven solutions from a trusted energy leader. Energy made efficient, simple, insightful, and flexible. That's what makes Constellation America's energy choice. Learn more at constellation.com slash energy. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Climbing the Ivy on the Fan Sided Network. This is your host, Alex Pat, alongside my co-host, Adam McGinnis. We also have Cubby's Crib editor, Jake Meisner, on this show tonight. We got a lot to talk about, and uh, the nerves are kind of getting higher and higher. We are in the final few games of the season. The magic number was down to five on Sunday, but as we're talking right now, it is still five, and what looked like a pretty promising division lead has dwindled down to half a game. So when you're listening to this, the Cubs could either extend their lead with the Brewers' loss and the Cubs' win, or the Brewers could take over first place in the Central. So things are a little um, little dire here with uh, the rest of the way to go. Um, obviously, nothing's set in stone, so let's talk about uh, First, I want to welcome in my co-hosts, Adam. How are you doing? Meh. I agree. And uh, Jake, how are you? I'm better than most Cubs fans. I love seasons coming down to the wire. I think it's good for baseball, if not so good for my well-being. Yeah, that's fair. That's definitely fair. So I think we all pretty much know what's going on right now. As we are recording, uh, the Brewers have a one nothing lead over the Cardinals, and the Cubs have yet to start up. It's going to be Jose Quintana trying to get their first win of the series against the Pirates. Uh, the Pirates won the first two games. The Cubs have scored a combined one run in those first two games. And, I mean, l- let's let's just put it bluntly. The offense has looked awful these past few days. If you guys had to point at one singular issue that we've seen lately, is it the offense? Is it the pitching has kind of gone down a little bit? I mean, what has it been? Who's going first? Who Who, who raised their hand first? I think guests slash editors first. Wow. Wow. Okay, I see how it is. Well, since you asked. And this is, and this, Go ahead and this then, is why you Jake. Run, this, this is why you run the show, Alex. I like where you're thinking that. Yeah, uh, thank you. The biggest problem, it, it's the offense, plain and simple. Even quote-unquote bad outings from the pitching staff haven't really been to the point where you shouldn't be able to at least keep it competitive. It's the fact that the Cubs – who are created as an on-base team has a 297 on-base percentage as a team, not just the last few days, for the month of September. They're, they're not getting on base. They're not hitting home runs. They're not walking. They're striking out more than 25 other teams in baseball. It, it's a perfect storm of everything that could go wrong offensively all going wrong at the same time. Can't disagree with you there. Adam? Yeah, Jake is absolutely right. I agree with him. And that's not to say that the pitching isn't a problem, especially the bullpen, but the bullpen is something everyone expected. 
to be a bit of an issue. And everybody knows, anybody who's watched the Cubs knows that the bullpen is going to be, uh, that's going to be a challenge going into the postseason. Now, the offense, on the other hand, is supposed to be really good. And, and yeah, that's, I think they need to dump some Red Bull into those Gatorade coolers or something. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with you guys at all. I mean, when you look at it, yeah, Mike Montgomery didn't do well the other night. Yeah, yeah, an ugly outing by Cole Hamels in Arizona. But even in the loss against the Pirates, I thought that Cole Hamels looked pretty good. And Quintana did not look good at all against his former team, the White Sox. Um, you hope for better uh, tonight. John Lester was meh against the White Sox. Wasn't great, wasn't terrible. Uh, so it hasn't been great, but offense can fix a lot of those issues. And yeah, they scored some runs against the White Sox in those final two games, but you got to score runs against those guys. Against the Pirates, the Cubs haven't scored more than one run in a game against them in like months. Because you remember that one series against the Pirates where it was one solo home run and that was it for every single game? I mean, that streak continues with one run or less against the Pirates. So it's been a while. And just ask yourself, what the heck is going on? Part of it is the Pirates do have some decent arms, but still, you got to be better than that. The discipline has gone down. A lot of weak contact. It just doesn't look very good right now. Now, if you were to ask me what some of the singular issues are with the offense, I would say Chris Bryant's not himself. Clearly not. And I don't think he's going to be himself if he plays again this year. Wilson Contreras, what a fall from grace. And we can talk about him a little later. You have inconsistencies from a guy who's supposed to be consistent in Daniel Murphy. He either looks really good or really bad. And then Javi's kind of had himself a slump too. And if he slumps, then it's like the offense does nothing. Are there any players that stand out to you guys right now, either good or bad on the offense? Well, yeah, Adam, for me, take it, this one first. Well, I really appreciate that, Jake. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, I um, wish you could see. Requests have to be submitted in writing for that. I'm just kidding. I wish you could see my gratitude in person right now. It really, that <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Wilson Contreras because Willie's guy I expected to have a really big year. I was kind of hoping he would build off, uh, build off of, of a really good season that he had last year. And you know, even even if he just matched what he did last season, then it, it would still be quite good. But yeah, he the power hasn't really been there at the plate. Uh, he's not as patient uh, as we're used to seeing, and so that's disappointing. Uh, but yeah, I think one of the biggest factors for this team right now is Chris Bryant. There's the fact that they don't have uh, a fully healthy Chris Bryant is going to probably make a, a big impact. Jake. Yeah. Yeah. And I, Bryant, like, like you said, Alex, Bryant, even before the wrist thing last night, he wasn't himself. He's clearly not himself. And if the Cubs weren't in the situation that they've been in for the last two weeks, he, I honestly don't think he would be playing yet. But regardless of that, the guy who has been the pretty much only consistent performer at the plate is Ben Zobrist, which is insane. Last year, everyone was ready to say, man, we're just going to have, we got our ring. We're just going to have to eat the last two years of this deal. 
you know, he did what he needed to do to get us a championship. But this is just the price we pay. And here he is. He he's could very well hit 300 for the first time in his career. On base percentage up near 400 for a 37-year-old journeyman, you know, utility guy. I mean, he's he's been the only consistent performer all year long. Yeah, no, I, I you're absolutely right. And he's not a guy that's going to hit the ball out of the ballpark, but he'll give you a good at-bats every time, and he'll make contact with the ball. And you've seen so often where he has good long at-bats and he gets on base in any sort of form. But, I mean, that's a whole other issue on its own when I talk about power because this team doesn't have it. This is a team that relied so much on power the past few years as well as getting on base. It's one thing when you don't have power but you're getting on base. And you saw that from the Cubs in late June, early July when they were winning. They still weren't hitting a lot of home runs per se, but you saw them get on base and just slap the ball over the ballpark. Now you're not seeing any of that. Here's the big question. Everyone is ready to kind of get rid of Chili Davis. And for the first while, I said, no, you can't change a DNA like that of a lineup. But as time goes on, I almost think you kind of got to consider it. When you see this many power outages, and we know in Boston, we've seen what's happened in Boston. Yeah, the strikeouts are down, but the discipline and weak contact is way up. I don't know what you guys think about that, but... I'm not, you know, one to say, oh, fire Chili Davis and everything's going to be fine again. But I think it's something that the Cubs, if they don't go on a long run here, they may have to think about. What's your opinion on that? Well, it, I mean, you, you, you are right. With the exception of Baez, uh, who, who's had a pretty significant uptick in power, and Rizzo, who's been pretty much the same, everybody else has seen a, a pretty sizable drop in their power numbers. Incidents that they're all having kind of down years in that department at the same time, or if it is because of Chili Davis. But with coaching, I've always kind of been of the opinion that you you need to give it at least a couple years uh, because I you know I don't expect all of these guys to to feel you know a hundred percent comfortable with something new right off the bat. Sure. But, uh, I, I would say that you know if we don't see some sort of improvement soon, then they are going to have to do something. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, I think that's spot on. Um, I like Adam believe that continuity on a coaching staff is huge, especially, um, you know, there's a pretty stark contrast in how John Maley and Chili Davis each approach hitting. Very. So I think to just, it's a drastic difference. So to completely change your plate approach is bound to have implications. And I, I mean, maybe we're seeing those, maybe we're just looking for things to blame this on, but I think you've got to at least give Chile next year or at least start off next year. Uh, you know, part of the power outages you can kind of explain, you know, Addison Russell, I'm sorry. He was never the 95 RBI guy we saw in 2016. It just so happened yeah. that he hit with guys on base all the time. Javi has always had the potential to do this. He tore up minor league pitching and hit bombs every night. Rizzo, like you said, is Rizzo. Bryant hasn't been healthy, so his power outage is of little concern to me. Hayward, I don't care if he ever hits another home run again as long as he puts up a decent average and on-base percentage. So He's never really a power hitter, so... 
Right, exactly. So, like, anyone expecting Jason Hayward to go hit 20 homers again, you're going to be waiting a while. Uh, really, the only guy that I think has had a significant downturn offensively under Chili Davis in terms of power that is completely unexplained is Wilson Contreras. Yeah, I, I, would mean, also... I, thought, I thought Willie was going to be a 40-home run guy this year. I really did. I would also argue um, Ian Happ has kind of gone down. Um, I would argue that you're pretty much spot on with everything else, but I think Ian Happ is another one um, as well as that. Even though he's not necessarily an everyday player, he's a guy that I thought was going to have 35-plus home runs. Well, and and I I wanted to believe that too, and I did for a while, but Ian Happ is one of those guys. This is his first full uh, major league season, and so I I couldn't it was hard to figure out last year if Ian Happ, if he was just really hot for a period of time or if that's really who he was. So I feel like we still don't completely know who Ian Happ is going to be in his career. He may not be a big power hitting guy. Yeah. And even last year, um, you know, I liked what I saw from Happ. I think he gets, a little bit more flack than he deserves just because of his strikeout numbers. If you look at several offensive measures, namely OPS plus, he's actually a little bit better than league average with the bat. I think it's just the strikeouts frustrate people because they seem to always come at moments when you need a hit to get a guy in, or you just need to get a rally going and, you know, a, a pitcher locates a heater up in the zone and half swings right through it. One of the things with Hap is it, just, it seems like his swing is so long. Like he can't catch up to those fastballs because that swing is so long. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's definite holes in it. I mean, you've seen him exploited perfectly this year. You run a fastball up and in on his hands or really anything up above about the belt. And sometimes he squares them up. And when he does, it's beautiful. It's such a long swing and it's gorgeous. Makes for great photos, but I don't care about photos. I care about getting on base. I care about driving in teammates in clutch situations. I care about knowing that when that pitch is above the letters, that you're not taking swings at it. I just, like Adam said, though, this is this guy's first full major league season. We expect these kids just because they, you know, they came up under the tutelage of Theo's grand, you know, master scheme to just come up and rake right out of, right out of the gates, and that's just not how it works nine times out of ten. Well, and it's kind of it kind of makes me think of David Bodie a little bit too, because he had that stretch this season where he was just hitting out of his mind, hitting home runs, uh, getting hits all the time in clutch situations, and a lot of fans are like, "Yeah, look, look at this guy that we've got for the next five six years," and that that uh, that fire got extinguished pretty quick. Yeah, I pretty much got blacklisted at work uh, because I refused to jump on the Bodie hype train. Um, got got some uh, pretty uh, less than politically correct jeering, which is fine. <laughs> I'm all for it. Ooh, yeah. harsh. I uh, I'm feeling pretty good right now. Not because David Bodie's struggling, but because I don't buy into you know I had a good three weeks and now I'm gonna be better than Chris Bryant. Yeah. Hey, yeah. How, how many guys have how many guys have the Cubs called up over the years who come tearing out of the gate? I remember living in Colorado, going to Junior Lake's first big league game, and he went like two for three with a double. 
And everyone was like, this is it. He's the next Sammy Sosa. And I'm like, wait, what? He hit a double in Colorado. Can we just not just once, please? But apparently we haven't learned that lesson five years later, and we're still all about that type of nonsense. You guys remember Jake Fox, 2009? Oh, man. How about Bobby Scale? Bobby, I still remember (laughs) Brett Jackson and Josh Vitters. They were going to be the thing. Wasn't Josh Vitters taken like third overall too in one of those drafts, like 2007, I think it was. Yes, sir, he was. Yeah. Yeah, that feels good, doesn't it? I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that Josh Vitters was also a roadie for Black Sabbath. I don't know. I made that up. I, I couldn't no, he could have been. To say, so I just made something up. He could have been. He could have been. Well, I got bad news for you guys. As we currently talk, the Cubs are down one nothing, and the Brewers are primed to get more runs. So, yay. You know, Everything it really sucks. just and, – and this is an unpopular opinion, as I've learned on the interwebs in the last 24 hours, but – as a Cubs fan and as a baseball fan, I'm at the point right now where I just tip my hat to Milwaukee. They smelled blood in the water early this month and just put the pedal to the metal, and they are going all out every night. Yelich has been otherworldly in the second half. Lorenzo yeah. Kane leads the National League in war. Like, everyone discounted them. I know I did. Yeah. Everybody did. Everyone mm-hmm. criticized David Stearns for not getting more pitching. And he trusted these guys do exactly what they're doing right now. And there's something like 14 and six or 15 and six in September. Like when it's counted and their backs been up against the wall, they've showed up. And that's the one thing that has differentiated that team from the Cubs. Yeah. I mean, I, I was the exact same way. I think before the season started, I, I had the Brewers winning like 83, 84 games, something Me like too. that. I was I was not a believer in Milwaukee. I thought that you know, their close finish at the end of last season, I thought they were kind of a flash in the pan type thing. I didn't believe they were the real deal. And even when they went out and got Yelich and Kane, I thought, you know, that's that improves their their team a little bit, but the pitching is just not going to be good enough. And here they are tailing the Cubs, just about ready to overtake them here at the end of the year. And look, they're they're getting ace performances from guys you wouldn't – like, look at Jolie's Chassin. He is mowing down the Cardinals tonight, and he's got like a 3-5 ERA on the season. I, look at Wade Miley has been untouchable since he got there. Wade that one blows Miley. my mind. That one blows my mind. Wade Miley has never been good, ever. I just I, – Well, and it's not just I, that. It's, then you have, you have these, these guys that shouldn't be doing what they're doing. They're, they're 2016 John Lackeying their way to the postseason, and it makes no sense. But all of them you are, could, yeah. This, oh, exactly, all of them are. But what's scary is that Corey Knable's been awful this year, like awful, awful. But instead, Jared Jeffress steps up, and he's probably going to finish top three in NL reliever of the year voting. And then you've yeah. got Hayter, who, you know, put him in, and you might as well just flip the lineup over because the Cubs just flail helplessly at everything he throws. You know, it, they've got all these guys that 
they're getting crazy performances out of, and everything's just lining up perfectly. And I already talked about Yelich. I mean, this guy, I'm sorry, Christian Yelich is the NL MVP. Yeah, it might not be is. popular with Cubs fans, but if you don't believe that, you're ill-informed. It's yeah, it, you you you'd have to be a little bit biased at this point uh, to pick Baez. It, you know, Baez should be in the conversation. He'll be in the running, uh, but it, it's Yelich for sure. If if you're gonna win a triple crown, which Yelich is close to doing, I mean that's it's pretty obvious that you're the guy. And we're gonna have to deal with him on the Brewers for many 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 years. Feels bad. So yay. The other thing no, is not, makes... not so much. What was that? Didn't hear you. No, it, it wasn't worth hearing. Okay. Anyway, you know, I pointed out that Milwaukee bullpen, and I mean, let's. Let's put a scenario here. Let's say the Cubs play them in the division series. The Cubs haven't been able to hit their pitching. The reason why the Cubs have such a good record is because their pitching has outdueled them for much of the season. That hasn't been the case as much lately. The Brewers have been able to come around to that, but the Cubs have not. So if the Cubs don't score runs in the first five innings, then in comes the bullpen and you're pretty much toast. So that's why I don't want to face them in the division series potentially. No, I wouldn't either, but I also, you know, as much as I hate seeing them struggle across the board right now, uh, the postseason is a completely different animal. It, it really is almost like hitting the reset button. I mean, obviously it doesn't fix whatever injuries guys have, but it never really feels like it's just an extension of the last week of the regular season. It really does feel like you're starting over. And the the Cubs offense, as we know, as we've learned over the last few years, has the potential to just explode at any moment. So I'm not I'm not hitting the panic button yet. Exactly. And I think in October we've seen that. We saw it, you know, two years ago through the first two games of the NLCS. I mean, I was at game two, and I can tell you I left there thinking we're in trouble. Like Clayton Kershaw just dominated us. And it was the same thing in the division series against San Francisco. The bats weren't hitting, the bats weren't hitting, the bats weren't hitting, and then it just clicked immediately. And then from there, it was off to the races. So this team's perfectly capable of it because the lineup's pretty much the same as it was two years ago, and it's the same as it was last year. It's just a matter of these guys have to start working working counts better. They have to start seeing pitches. I can't tell you how many times in the last week I've seen Javi chase a breaking ball and then look at a fastball right out over the heart of the plate. So you know he's not seeing it well right now. It's just these guys have to grind at bats. You know, Ben Zobris went down in like three pitches and had a bat yesterday, which is, is, you know, normal for most big leaguers, but very unusual for him. It's just it's just going to take one good inning, and I think they're going to take off from there. I mean, hey, when you're listening to this podcast, the Cubs could have a comeback win and the Cardinals could have a comeback win. So you may be listening the magic number either four or three thinking why is there so much negativity well you know since we record these podcasts we have to play both good scenario and bad scenario because you know only one thing happens at a time uh but yeah i mean if something does click the cubs are certainly capable of doing it i mean remember the world series it's amazing to think take a minute to think they were down 
three games to one, and Jason Hayward just hit a two-run homer, and the Cubs now have the lead. Not related. Like that said, literally just, just happened. Just one thing. Just going to flip the switch, and it'll happen. Yeah. So hopefully, as we're literally talking about this right now, the switch is flipped. I don't know if it will, but, hey, that would be nice. It's This has just been such a very weird season. So many weird things have happened. Some really good weird, some really bad weird. I mean, we're sitting here right now rooting hard for the Cardinals. What? A a Cubs fan saying that? Yeah, but you know what? Going all the way back to what Jake said at the very beginning of the show, which I completely agree with, is that you take some time to enjoy this finish. You know, as perturbing as it is, it is as anxious as you might be, uh, this is something we've not seen the last couple of years. We've, we've been used to the Cubs just being able to coast uh, to, to a first-place finish. And so, it, you know, take some time to enjoy the fact that, that we're going we're gonna to have a close finish because it's, you know, as a Cubs fan, obviously you'd like to know that they're going to lock it up. But the baseball fan in any person is like you're getting a treat here. This is this is the kind of this is the kind of thing that you you want to see if you're major league baseball. Absolutely, unlike, the, unlike the Indians who are up 16 games. You know, you know, as much as I'd love for the Cubs to be up 16 games, this is also really cool that that each game at the end of the regular season matters and means something. Are they literally up 16 games? It's uh, it's like fifteen and a half, something like that. Yeah. Keep in mind they haven't yeah, reached division. ninety wins yet. Yeah, yeah, that division is atrocious. It is garbage. It's, it's worse than the garbage that I just took out. It's it's terrible. Which you know, it's funny. Point, I, I, took out I I believed in the Twins this year. I was a big Twins believer. And they made me look like a fool. Cause you are one. Yeah, it's it's not it's nothing new. So. I got a question Adam, for you what you said. Oh, hang on. Just a second. Adam had a really good point. Um, I just, and I posted, Alex, you, you might have seen it. I posted on my personal Facebook page this morning. Like, I saw a guy walking down the street today, had to be in his 70s, had like a weathered Cubs cap, weathered jacket. Like, these things had to be 30 years old at least. And I just couldn't help but think, like, do you think he's complaining every night that the Cubs are pretty much a lock to make the playoffs for the fourth straight year? That's never happened before. That they still have a chance to win a third straight division title. Like, I still cannot get over how spoiled as a fan base we got after the World Series. Like, we expect a World Series now, which is great. I'm glad that the expectations have changed and we expect to win. But I feel like it's changed Cubs fandom and not in a good way. Yeah, I mean, just just think about the like repeats do not happen very often. It's it's almost unheard of. So, I mean that that tells you that you you got to temper your expectations a little bit. But and it, just for me personally, I I think it's pretty cool that it's coming down to the wire because it's something we haven't seen for a, a, a few years now. You know, my question was going to kind of go along with what you just said, Jake, kind of, kind of, it's about a changing of perspective. And here it is. How do you think we'd feel with the same thing going on? Had we not won the world series in 2016, if we had lost that game seven 
and we were still looking for our first World Series. How we do you wouldn't think care. We, would we wouldn't. We wouldn't care. We'd be elated to have another chance because, like Adam said, once the postseason starts, anything can happen. And I'm not going to name the name, but somebody you both know said that it might be a good idea if the or a good thing if the Cubs just got in the postseason and lost right away, so they could rest. Then they'd be suited up for next year. No, you no, gotta, you gotta play. You make the postseason. How many times in the last 15 years have we seen a wild card team in the World Series? It happens a lot. You cannot assume that if you take an early exit in the postseason, you'll be all rested and ready to go next year. On paper, the Cubs should have steamrolled the Central this year. Darvish should have been dominant. KB and Rizzo should have done what they always do. Brandon Morrow should have notched 40 saves and been healthy all year. doesn't work that way. It's just that's baseball. So to expect that is ridiculous, and it's only because we have a championship ring that fans are complaining about how the Cubs might get into the playoffs. Be thankful. Look at the Mets. The Cubs run started in 2015. How do you think a Mets fan feels right now? Probably not very good. I mean, considering they were supposed to be contending for pennants for years. Just by virtue of being a Mets fan, I would think that you would just feel crappy all the time. Yeah, I mean, their pizza's worse. I mean, there's a long list we could get into, but we don't need to. We'll just settle on the fact that baseball-wise, things are not going great. Well, and the other thing that sometimes people fail to understand, which should be obvious, is that the level of dominance the Cubs achieved in 2016 is not – that's not something that is repeatable on a regular basis. Like that, it's almost an anomaly how good they played uh, all season long. It's, it's just not something – you see every year you can't expect that those were some historic numbers i especially the pitching and the defense those were some unbelievably historic numbers yeah and and going back to addison russell if addison russell is compiling 95 rbi then that tells you something about everybody else around him like that's how good they were that addison russell got almost 100 ribbies I mean, the team was on base all the time, you know. All the time, yeah. It was great. I mean, do you remember those at-bats where it seemed like every first inning they made the pitcher throw 20-plus pitches because of those grinding at-bats? I mean, that was, yeah. that was great. Yeah, and it's just not – that's something you can't expect to repeat every year. You just can't. So I wanted to bring this up really quickly. Uh, We've been kind of talking about our own opinions on the matter, but I kind of wanted to scale Cubs Twitter, which, you know, take it with a grain of salt. You know, our emotions on Cubs Twitter are always pretty high. I don't know if you saw the poll question for tonight, but here it is. The question was simple. Are you worried? Here are the results so far. I'm, I'm having this poll run like an entire day, but here's where they are at 63 votes. More than half said, absolutely, I'm worried, 51%. 24% said, kind of. 17% said, not really, no, which is what I would assume you two are in. And 8% said, I really don't know. I don't know what you guys make, make of those results, but uh, those are the results so far. Yeah, that's about where I would have put them if, if you had to guess. I honestly would have expected more people to say they were worried because, you know, irrationality rules. Yeah, I'm, I I answered absolutely. I I am worried. That doesn't mean that I'm that I'm in like in it's all over mode, you know. 
I'm worried, but at the same time, I realize that that you know, like snap of a finger, the Cubs could could pull out of this and 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 win this thing. You know, it's it's not a pick and choose thing. Those those two feelings aren't mutually exclusive. See, that's that has to be stressed. I think. I think saying you're worried isn't you giving up. I think that's exactly. one kind of thing yeah. that's misunderstood a lot. I, me saying I'm worried doesn't mean I'm saying back up the truck, it's over. No, that, that's not the case here. It's saying I'm worried about this team's chances, but I'm not giving up on anything, but you still can be concerned. I think that's right. a very and, important distinction to make. Yeah, I completely agree. And that's the way Cubs Twitter operates. There, if, if, anyone, if you say you're worried, then you're – then you're jumping off the ship. And that's you know, one of 5 million reasons why I hate Cubs Twitter. And Facebook too, for that matter. Cubs fans on Facebook suck. Man, uh, I don't even comments on, on any, stuff. on any article that, that Cubby's crib posts. Oh my God. Stay away. We could write, we could write about one topic. We could literally write articles tomorrow. I could have one go up at, 12 that says the Cubs are doomed. I could have one go up at six that says the Cubs are fine and we'd get called idiots on both of them. Oh yeah. Well, of course. They're rabbits on Facebook. I, I think they're almost worse on Facebook. I don't know. Facebook comments are the worst period. It's it, not just for the Cubs. It, it's for anything. Facebook comments oh, are the well, worst. And I, I think they're like, yeah. there's a certain there's degree of anonymity, blah, 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 anonymity, on Twitter, and so I think people are sometimes slightly reserved in what they say. But on Facebook, it's t- it's like 100% public, and so people like that, they, they have no reservations. They will shoot straight, and sometimes you see the uh, not-so-pretty side of that. Yeah, interesting theory. I don't know. Just making conversation, man. Hey, fair enough. Here's another one more question for you guys here. Let's say, God forbid, they have to play in the wild card game. How would you feel about that? How would you feel about having to play in the wild card game? Just, just throwing it out there. Uh, not great, just because I, I would much rather have a whole series to play. Obviously, but the the Cubs are uh, a team that could win any game, any given day against any pitcher. Um, but the way things are going now, I I really would rather not have to mess with the wild card game. Jake, yeah, I I I remember 2015, and I went into that wild card game very confident. Why? Because we had the eventual Cy Young winner throwing for us. I have. Any time Arietta took the ball, even heading into early 16, I had complete confidence we would win the game. Like, absolute zero doubt, even if we got one run, we're going to win this game. But we don't really have that guy. No. We don't have that stopper in the rotation anymore. Now, Hendricks and Lester can both be that guy, for sure. But do you bet your season on them being that guy? I don't. No, I think Hendricks is probably the closest thing they have to that right now. But it's it's yeah, it's I agree. they're worlds apart though. Still. Well, here's the here's the thing, and I think Jake, you made a fantastic point. And I couldn't agree more. It's the fact that fact that they had Arietta 
and the stuff he threw, the Cardinal, uh, the Cardinals, the Pirates had no chance in that game. The other thing is, look, in the wild card game, one little slip, one little thing that goes bad, your season's over. And I just said this on Twitter, and I want to get your guys' opinion. Adam, I think you and I have talked about this before. Jake, I'm interested to hear your opinion. But to me, losing the wild card game, it, it, I don't think it's really making the postseason. Because I see the wild card game as a glorified play-in game that has – it's technically postseason. It's a postseason game. But if you lose the wild card game and you're in the, the postseason for three hours – do you really feel like you made the postseason? Me, if you make the postseason, you at least play in the division series. I know that sounds arbitrary and kind of silly, but that's just kind of how I feel. Yeah, I mean, I I don't really have anything to add to that because I, I agree with everything you said. And it's just technically it is the postseason, you're right, but I've always I've always felt like it is just a game to get into the real postseason. Season. To me, postseason baseball is about playing a series with another team. Right. So, yeah, I, I agree. I don't really, I don't really view it as the postseason because, I mean, as things are right now, the very last game of the regular season could be like a postseason game for the Brewers and the Cubs. You know, it could be a win or go home game for either of those teams, or win or go home to to win the division anyway. Yeah, see, and I, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I remember in 15 when we made the wild card game, to me, that was the Cubs returning to the playoffs. We were playing meaningful baseball after game 162. I didn't care what that meant for the road we would have to take to get to a World Series or for the fact that we would have to play an extra game. None of that mattered to me. We were back playing postseason baseball. I, yeah, no, to me it's the postseason. I would strongly prefer watching those play-in games, wild-card games, whatever you want to call them, without my team in them. I like them a lot more when my team's not in them. But, no, to me it's it's the postseason. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I, I can't argue with that either. I mean, it, it technically is I postseason. But, you know... That Cubs team was also an up-on-the-rise team that wasn't expected to go where it is. At this point now, you don't want the Cubs in that position again. I mean, you could like even if the Cubs didn't make the postseason but still looked really good in 2015, then you'd say, job well done. And then it was a bit more job well done if you got to the wild-card game, job well done when they won the wild-card game and the division series and made it to the championship series – but, you know, again, that was when they were a young, upcoming team. And the expectations weren't very high. At this point, for this Cubs team, it, where they are in the window to make a wild card game and lose when you've led the division for a while, I think that's a much different feeling. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with all that. It's And it, obvious, you know, it is the postseason, obviously. It, it technically is. It really is. It just it just doesn't feel like it to me. Right. Once you win that wild card game and you get to play a divisional series, that's when I feel like, okay, now we're in. Now we're playing some October postseason ball. Yeah. Well, for me, I think, I think part of it is just, like you guys have said, expectations are different now. A wild card game is no longer good enough. 
This yeah. team it was put together, yeah. in Theo's own words, to win multiple championships, which in my mind, if you can win a World Series, you should be able to win your own division. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, we could play the other scenario and say everything will be fine and they'll end up winning the division, whether it's on the last day of the season or not, and you go into the NLDS. I think it's pretty clear we wouldn't want to face the Brewers, but you would probably you would either be facing the Brewers, the Cardinals, or the Rockies. And Adam and I, we've talked about this earlier. Uh, we'll kind of do another reevaluation. Who do you think matches up best with the Cubs if they win the division and they go to the NLDS? Uh, in the NLDS, I think we disagreed on this, that I would rather face the Brewers just because I think – I think the Cubs match up a little bit better with the Brewers. I know that's that's an unpopular opinion, but uh, it's the it's the lineup of the Rockies that I'm worried about because they are home run hitters, and those tend to be the teams that just annihilate the Cubs. I don't maybe I I realize that that may that might not make sense to a lot of people that I would rather face the Brewers than the Rockies, but I, I don't know. There's just something about the Rockies that scares the bejesus out of me. Interesting. Jake, what about you? Yeah, no, I'll take anybody except the Brewers. Just because – and it's, 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 it's for a deeper reason than just the players on the roster. It's how they're playing and the swagger they're carrying right now. They're one of those teams that's heading into the postseason just scorching hot. So I don't care who they, we play, but I don't want Milwaukee. Okay, they're, they're hot, but they have no swagger. They have no swagger. They have the swagger of a 45-year-old man wearing cargo shorts and knee-high white socks. So you, basically. Yeah. I was going to exactly. say, that sounds familiar. I, I might be just a tad younger than 45, but other than that, it's, I, I, I do have less swagger than most people. So yeah, you're I mean, the everyone Brewers have the swagger of, of – Maybe like a Grandpa Blaze. Yeah, I mean, and even just by, the, just by the fact that I'm saying the word swagger, it means I have no swagger. True. This is that makes sense to you? Swag, swag is something you say if you have no swag. Uh, yeah, apparently swag also refers to clothing now as well. Or, merch, or yeah. merchandise, as I've learned. I don't. Yes. I, I wear clothes, and I walk with confidence. I, I, I don't really know how to measure this stuff, but, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. The Brewers are coming in hot, and let's face it, they're not afraid of the Cubs. They're not afraid no. of us at all. They're, I, I think they want to play us, frankly. I think they're saying bring it on. Maybe not I wouldn't literally, mind but – I, I think that would be fun, another divisional series with the Cardinals. I think that would be way more fun than Brewers or, or Rockies. And that could go either way. I mean, that I could see – I could see the Cubs easily winning that one or the Cardinals frustratingly being the Cubs because, because if there's one thing that I think that is a real, real, real problem on the Cardinals team right now, it's their bullpen is not that great. Yeah, well, and it, and right now, as as we speak right now, the Cubs and the Cardinals are are kind of similar teams, in that they both have a lot of potential, uh, but they they're really up and down. They have hot streaks and cold streaks that they ride out. They're not all that consistent. Yeah, and I mean, you look at when Matt Carpenter was red hot, he was complimented by a solid Ozuna, 
Uh, Jose Martinez is pretty good, but it's not like knock on wood, you know, knock on wood. They have murderers row right now, but you know, that's just kind of how I feel. Yeah. What what you know, what you know will happen is the Brewers will sweep the Cardinals and then the Cardinals will roll into Wrigley looking like murderers row, like you said. Yep. That's just, that's, that's like my deepest, darkest fear because I have tickets to Sunday, the last game of the season, and I would really, 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 my, both myself, my wallet, and my liver would prefer that it doesn't all come down to that game. Yes, and the the Brewers-Cardinals game is tied now, by the way, one-to-one. Yep, Jed Jerko with the sack fly, but uh, can't really see why, but John Gant has just been replaced in the middle of the fifth, so it's up to the bullpen to keep it down for the Cardinals. So, okay. Good. See what happens. This is fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> well, folks, that's just about to wrap it up here on climbing the Ivy. I want to thank my two hosts with me, Jake and Adam for being here. It's always good talking to you guys, even though uh, Adam lacks swagger, but you know what? So do I. So I'm not going to judge. Fair enough. Just a reminder to check Cubby's Crib out on Twitter and the website on fansided.com. You could also listen to all our podcasts on iTunes. And hopefully next week we will be previewing some postseason baseball for the Cubs. Until then, that's Jake. That's Adam. I'm Alex. Have a great night. This fall, something extraordinary happens. Chicago Mid, Fire, and PD are all together every Wednesday. The City of Heroes, united on one night. Chicago Wednesdays, starting this Wednesday on NBC. Tonight at 10 on NBC5 News, it's the stars up close. NBC5 takes you inside the exclusive One Chicago viewing party from the bar that's at the heart of so many episodes. Join us in Bucktown for the One Chicago kickoff event. Tonight at 10 on NBC5 News. This fall, something extraordinary happens. Chicago Mid, Fire, and PD are all together every Wednesday. The City of Heroes, united on one night. Chicago Wednesdays, starting this Wednesday on NBC. Tonight at 10 on NBC5 News, it's the stars up close. NBC5 takes you inside the exclusive One Chicago viewing party from the bar that's at the heart of so many episodes. Join us in Bucktown for the One Chicago kickoff event. Tonight at 10 on NBC5 News.